First of all, it's always, always a pleasure and a joy to worship here at uh, South Amboy. And I've been with you for so long now, I feel like I'm home. So hopefully as, uh, as you go into your new uh, journey of faith, don't forget me, okay? <laughs> you know, I, I will be honored to, uh, here's my, my plug, I'll be honored to be a guest preacher uh, when Pastor John's on vacation, you know, uh, let's keep the fellowship and the communion to, uh, going. So, to get a handle on verse 7 through 12, let's go back a little bit to the last time I was here. In verse 1 through 6, Jesus is in the meeting place, the place of worship like we're in right now, right? And there's a guy with a withered hand. His hand is all withered up. And it's a Sabbath. And, and in this religious tradition, you don't work on the Sabbath. You don't do anything. And Jesus is a healer. And so the people in charge, the religious folks, are sitting there like this saying, now, let's see what this healer is going to do on the Sabbath. He's not supposed to work on the Sabbath. And Jesus uh, was so, he gave them a question. He was so, so upset with their defiance and with their stubbornness. And they wouldn't allow, they didn't want the guy to get healed on, on that particular day. He could heal him the next day. He could heal him after, in the evening when the Sabbath was over, but not during this holy time. And Jesus, and the, and the first time in the gospel of Mark, it says Jesus became angry of their stubbornness. And we never hear about that with Jesus. He was angry. And he said to the guy, stretch out your hand. And he did. And he healed them. And the people were like, wow. But the religious leaders, on the Sabbath, on the holy day, on the day you're supposed to keep all the commandments, you know, thou should not kill, thou should not steal. On that day, they said, we're going to get rid of that guy. And they, and they plotted with some other folks who were other people who were religious leaders that we got we, we to figure a way to kill him, get rid of him. He's getting too popular. Then we go to seven. And now Jesus is outside of the meeting room, outside of the worship place, and he's, he's outside. And, and when he's outside, it's still the Sabbath. He leaves the meeting room and he's confronted by hundreds, possibly thousands of people. And get this, they all knew about him. This is before Morse code. I remember when I was in the Cub Scouts, we had to do Morse code. I don't know if you started to do that. That was a long time ago, you know, to, to, to do like messages of Morse code. Um, it was before radio, TV, social media, X, and all that kind of stuff. And still, thousands of people came to him. Thousands showed up. No wonder the religious leaders were so jealous. No wonder they were so envious. No wonder they said, we got to get rid of him. He might make us obsolete. We got to figure out what to do with this guy. But they came to him. There was so much and so pressing against him that Jesus said to his, to his followers, get me a boat. Because if we're not careful, they're going to crush me. They just crowded with him, just wanted to touch him. And because of that, outside of the meeting room, Many, many people were healed. Those who had the evil spirits, you know, 
they would cry out, you're the son of God. Christ said, Jesus, don't tell nobody now. That's not your place. That's not your place. So I was a speech therapist. I'm, I'm, I'm retired now, but I was a speech therapist. And one of the things I worked with, people think that speech therapy is working with S's and T's and correcting that. That was a small part of what I did. The majority of what I did was work with children uh, and teenagers who had language and communication delays. And that meant that they just didn't understand the code, the language code in English. They didn't understand it. They were confused by it. And because of that confusion, it was hard for them to communicate and to say what they wanted to say. And because of that, there was great frustration in them. And so as they learned the code of language and learned how to communicate, their frustration would ease. And they'll do better in school. They'll get better friends because they communicate to them and stop fighting, you know. And they get better grades, hopefully. You know, that's the, that's the goal. Well, one of the things that I would do is compare and contrast. So I would tell the kids, what's, 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 what name three things that are the same about a dog and a cat and three things that are different about a dog and a cat. Most of my kids could do one or two things. They had our time with the third one, you know, and that was their language communication delays. And so we worked on that. They go from three to four and as many as they could go. Because the more they could compare and contrast things and see the differences and see how things were alike, the better they were in communicating and getting them vocabulary to use. You know, and they, and so, so what I would like to do with the speech therapy session for all of you, okay? We're going to compare and contrast the meeting, inside the meeting, faith, and outside the meeting, faith. Okay, so inside the meeting, faith was limited, right? Inside the meeting, only one person, it was a miracle, it happened, but only with one person. Inside the meeting, there was stubbornness. They didn't want to acknowledge who Jesus was. So, so inside the meeting, faith was limited. What happened outside? It says that hundreds of people Maybe thousands came. Outside the meeting, outside the worship place, the place of worship, outside and outside is limitless. It's as big as you, as the people who were there. Everyone was coming. If, if, if we think of this South Amboy, there's only a certain amount of people that can fit in here, right? But outside, as big as it can be. They come from, 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 from South Amboy, sorry, the Perth Amboy to where I'm in from Union and still fit in. Outside, there's no limits. And as Jesus was responding to the faith of the people outside, it was multitudes of people coming to him. People coming from all over, the sides as big as the outdoors. Jesus even had to tell disciples to get a boat. The room, there's room for whoever shows up. That's the point. There's room for whoever shows up. Outside the meeting room, God's kingdom is bigger than you and I can imagine. Do you know what the kingdom of God means? It means the reign of God, the rule of God, the love of God, the majesty of God, the justice of God. It's big. Bigger than we could ever imagine. It crosses over age. It's intergenerational. 
There's, there's, there's from the baby to my 91-year-old mom. God's kingdom is big enough for them. It's big. It crosses through the races. Black, white, yellow, brown. Big. Might we even challenge you to say it's big to include everyone, even those that we don't agree with. It's big. It's big. And in the meeting room, where there should have been that happening, it was limited. But when Christ came outside, everyone was there. Everyone is welcome and should be included. Uh, I have a neighbor, and 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 um, he plays his music very, very loud. He moved in a couple months ago, maybe a year by now. But then I would wake up with this music, and I was like, "What is this man doing?" And the thing about it is, as old as I am, so his music songs that I grew up with. So I'm trying to go back to sleep, but then I hear the song that I like. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. And I, and I, and I, and I, you know, text him and say, turn that music down, even those music that I, that I like, because I'm trying to get back to sleep. And one time he called me and he said, I'm such a sinner. I said, what are you talking about? Because he knows I go to church and all. And he told me he had a hard time with his children, his ex, and his brother or brother-in-law became religious and trying to get him into church. And he's like, I'm not into that. I'm just a sinner, you know, and I'm not going to make it in there. I don't know. And I said, you know what? I said, let me tell you, this is just me talking, okay? I can't find this in the Bible or anything like that. This is me talking, all right? I said, I think that when I pass on, I'm going to be in a line ready to go into the kingdom. The door's going to be there, and I'll be in this big line, and I'm walking in. And somebody's going to tap me. And I'm going to turn around and say, wow, you made it. I didn't know you were going to make it. Yeah, old sinner, like, you made it. Good job. And then I look over here, and somebody else comes and says, wait, wait, wait a minute. What you doing here? You made it too? Oh. And then I look over, and I, I'll probably even see you there. And I think to myself, am I in the wrong line? <laughs> What's happening here, you know? And that's what I mean. God is just big. It includes everybody. Okay? People we don't even think are going to get there. It's going to get there. All right? And it includes everybody. So as you journey, I know this church is journeying into another um, um, journey of faith as a church. And as you do that, still include everyone. Even the folks you have disagreed with. Certain things. There are non-negotiables, but it really, for me, is the creeds, the Apostle Creed, the 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 the, the Virgin Birth, the bodily resurrection of Christ. You know, the Word of God, the authoritative Word of God. There, there, there are non-negotiables that we are proud and we do not give up. But a lot of the things we hold on to, we we we, we can hold on to them loosely, so we can include other people. So, in the reading room, uh, because of accusation, silence, fear, stubbornness, anger, they plot to kill. All right? At the end of the worship service, resulting in a plot to kill Jesus, outside the meeting room, people heard that Jesus gathered in many, and the many of the thousands have faith, and many are healed and set free. 
who do we reach? That's the our application. The homeless, the hungry, the person in prison, yes, all. But let us not forget that God loves the business people in your community. God loves that teen who's struggling. God loves the college students. God loves the, the person deciding what, what, what college I'm going to go to. He loves them too. Don't forget about that. There's so many groups that you, this church at First Amboy can reach. You can't do it though if you're fighting with one another. You can't do it though if you're holding on to things. You know, they're, they're, we're human beings. And, and the glorious thing about being a church is that we're human and we make mistakes and, and, and we disappoint one another. But the thing about being Christian and people of faith is that we have the ability, as God forgives us, we forgive others. And a person, a wise person who mentored me when I was young said, the way that I show forgiveness is not just saying, yes, I accept your forgiveness, but I don't bring up the offense. I keep that. I don't bring that up. I don't say, yeah, but you still did, you know. No, I keep that. And that's the way I show forgiveness. I don't bring it back up. I don't make it an issue anymore. It's, it's, it's done. So as we walk into this newness of life, as we walk into what it means to really love one another, let us be a church that within the meeting place, great things are happening, more than one miracle. And outside the meeting place, even better, because we worship a God who is so powerful and so good, and his kingdom reigns everywhere. Amen?